Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Good morning, Freedom Church. How you doing this morning? Man, it's Super Bowl Sunday. How many of you guys going with the old guy, uh, Tom Brady? Do we have any? How many of you guys going with the new gun, uh, Patrick Mahomes? Okay. Man, I got to represent for the old guys right there, so I'm going for Tom Brady because my Cowboys have not been in there for a long time. But uh, today we're so excited. We really have a treat for you. We have one of the generals of the faith that are with us today. His Pastor Greg Hudley and his wife Joy, they served as pastors in the Dallas area pastoring one of the great churches for a long time and because of their service there many of his peers have recognized him they're part of the executive leadership of our movement in the assemblies of God kind of he, he's my boss he, he's kind of a kind of checking in what's going on here but let me just tell you what pastor Greg, Greg Haley means to me we went on a trip together to Estonia several years ago and we really developed a close friendship God just began to unite our hearts and began to just speak to us and our heart for missions and I'm so thankful for that because remember a couple years ago we needed a loan and none of the numbers worked out and it didn't look like we were going to make it but Pastor Greg Headley was kind of the chair of that situation and he says I believe in what God's doing in Freedom Church I believe in your life so we're going to put God and man I believe God's going because if God's in this he's going to make it happen so he's the one that kind of cleared the way and opened the opportunity for God to clear the obstacles and we broke ground last week so let me tell you you might not know him but he knows about you and man he is he has believed in Freedom Church he's allowed God to move and he has opened up a lot of opportunities so so give it up for one of the generals of faith, Pastor Greg Headley and his wife, Joy, who is so awesome. So glad you're here, Pastor. It is an honor to be with you today. My wife, Joy, and I, we are blessed in so many ways. Uh, one of the blessings that we have is we're grandparents. we got seven grandchildren, and uh, one of our grandsons, his name is Nolan, and Nolan loves Legos. And so every time we get him a gift, we always buy him Legos. And one of the last Legos we bought him was, the, and you look at the box and it tells you what you can make. And so this was the X-Wing Starfighter, you know, the Star Wars Legos. And he was just so excited, got it, put it together. But his other grandpa, Grandpa Rusty, got him some Legos when Nolan was four. And so Nolan goes over the table and there's a, a picture of a ship on that box. And Nolan opens it up, he puts all the Legos out on the table and he starts to work and, and nobody's really paying attention, but his mother looks over after a, a few minutes and here's Nolan. He's got his head in his hands, he's shaking his head. I mean, what Grandpa Rusty didn't pay attention to is, and you should pay attention if you're buying Legos on the box, it says age two to four. You know, that's really the simple ones. Uh, age four to six. Well, Grandpa Rusty had got four-year-old Nolan a, a, a Legos that on the box said 12 plus. And so here is Nolan overwhelmed, totally incapable at that age of meeting the challenge of putting together that ship because it was over his head. Now, if we've ever been in a season of life that seems to have been over our head, it's been this past year. If we've ever been in a season of life in which we could very easily get overwhelmed, in which we recognize our own limitations, our own weaknesses, even our own mortality, it has been this past year. 
But I got some good news for you today, Freedom Church. I want you to take your Bibles or your devices or however you want to get there and turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 28 here in just a moment. Thank you, Pastor. Benito, for allowing Joy and I to be with you today. We are honored to be here with you. And we are excited about the next step and your journey of faith. And, and we, I saw the photos of you breaking ground. And Benito was there, Pastor Benito and his family. In fact, Alana was in that picture. We have fallen in love with Alana. We're glad y'all have sent her to Southwestern. Uh, we host a group at our house for uh, a number of ladies from Southwestern. Alana's been coming. And so we've had her in our home. So we get a part of Freedom Church uh, in, in our home quite often. So thank you for the privilege of being able to be with you today. If you don't mind standing for the reading of God's Word. Isaiah 40. I, I don't know how you can't preach in an atmosphere with this great worship you guys have. Man, I am. We were blessed this morning to worship Jesus with you. And we should be ready to receive the Word because we're already in His presence. He inhabits the praises of His people. And you've praised Him today, so He's here. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord... They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Doesn't that sound good? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, I pray that You will add Your blessing to Your Word, Your anointing to our hearts to receive Your Word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. And there, there was one of those verses there, verse 30, that, that reminds me of my own limitations, reminds me of, of my weaknesses. Because it says in that verse that even the youth shall faint. And, and, and they at times will fall. I mean, when I think of a young person, I think of someone who is the image of strength. As a grandparent, every now and then I'll say to my grandkids, could you give me some of that energy? They just seem to have an unlimited amount of energy. Yet I was reading in USA Today not too long ago, and, and the article uh, said that 75% of young people in America have reported at least one adverse mental health issue because of this season of uncertainty that we have been living in with COVID-19, uh, with the political turmoil, with racial unrest that has happened in our country. And Dr. Anna Mueller, this is what she said about that. She's a professor of sociology at Indiana University. said, they're watching their world crumble. And they're probably struggling to imagine a future. 
And as I, as I read those words, I, I, I was a little bit crushed in my spirit to think that, you know, when I was growing up as a teenager, I just saw this big, wide open world and I wasn't dealing with the kinds of things that some of our young people are dealing with today. But this passage of Scripture that I read to you a moment ago. In fact, if we had time to go and read the entire chapter, the focus is not upon the weakness of men. The focus of Isaiah 40 is upon the greatness of God. In fact, he says in verse 9, Behold your God. And he goes on to describe the God that you serve. He looks at the nations and they're just a drop in a bucket compared to Him. And we just read that passage of Scripture where it said there, Have you not seen? Have you not heard? Do you not understand? Do you not realize how great and how awesome and how majestic and how mighty your God is? And here is the wonderful news. This great, majestic, mighty Awesome God, the one who created the ends of the earth, the one whose understanding is unsearchable. Look what it says. He gives power to the weak. And that God, it says to those who have no might, He increases strength. My my title for the message today is Renewed Strength. The strength that God wants to give to you. This awesome, wonderful God promises you that you can have increased strength. Then He follows it up with this amazing promise. In verse number 31, He says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then he gives us three amazing promises here. The first promise, he says, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Now, when I was pastor at Gospel Lighthouse Church, Pastor Bonita, if you came into my office, you would have seen eagles or portrayals of eagles or pictures of eagles all over my office. I love the eagle. Joy and I went on a cruise a number of years ago and and we took one of the uh, excursions and it was taking us down to where the greatest concentrations of bald eagles there are in the United States of America. And then in that float trip that we were on, and it was freezing, but we were still excited because we saw over 35 eagles on that trip. Man, it was so inspiring. I got a couple more photos of eagles, and I've never been quite that close to one. Wouldn't that be cool uh, to be up close in in the natural habitat uh, to the eagle out there? What's this promise that God gives to us? Well, it's very clear. He says, they shall mount up. He is promising you soaring strength. The promise of the eagle is God's promise that He will give you the ability to rise above the stresses, the pressures, and even the temptations of life. In 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4, it says, Whatever is born of God. You say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. If you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, you have been born again. To those who receive Him, He gives them the authority to be called the children of God. And whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If you are a child of God, you can overcome the world. Why? Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And not only that, God promises you the capacity when you get onto an airplane. 
Not too many people are flying these days, but uh, back when people were flying and you go get into that airplane, and I'll never forget the first time I got into an airplane, and we soared into the heaven, and I looked down for the first time on those things that had seemed so enormous to me. I, Joy and I, we, we spent the night in Dripping Springs with some close friends of ours, and as we were driving in, looking over and seeing uh, downtown Austin and those huge skyscrapers that are down there, and if you're walking on the sidewalk and you're looking up, those are enormous, those are overwhelmingly large, and yet when you fly in on a plane, you have a perspective where you see things differently. When God gives you the strength to mount up with wings as eagles, He gives you the capacity to see life from His perspective. Now here's part of the challenge. We're looking at so many other perspectives. We're listening to CNN or Fox News or or we're listening to somebody on uh, Facebook or on Instagram and we're looking at this perspective. In fact, today, folks, we're drowning in information but we are void of discernment because we're listening to too many other voices and reading too many other perspectives but when we get the perspective of this eternal God from His eternal Word, then we see life in a different vein. And we have the capacity to soar above the challenges of this life. Promise number two. It says, those who wait upon the Lord, they will run without getting weary. God promises you the ability to run without getting tired. Now, if I had all of you to stand in place, stand up and start running in place, and we just kept on doing it and kept on doing it, before long, you'd sit down. You'd sit down, and somebody else would sit down. Then I'd sit down. Pastor Benito'd still be going, and uh, you know, and and, and 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 the young guys in the room they won't sit down for anything. However, at some point, I ran cross country in school, and no matter how hard I trained, no matter how much I pushed my body, every time I crossed the finish line, my chest was burning, because you cannot physically run without getting tired. And yet here God says, if you'll wait upon me, I'm going to help you to do what is impossible for you to do on your own. This promise is a promise of supernatural strength. It's the promise from God that we can face the crises of life and come out a winner. And since God never grows weary, we read that earlier, He can impart supernatural strength to you. Jesus said it this way, Come unto me, all you that are what? Weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. In Hebrews chapter 12, I love verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But if you read verse 3, verse 3 says, Consider Him, consider Jesus, lest you become weary, and discouraged in your soul. God wants us to wait on Him so that we don't get weary, so that we don't get discouraged, so that we have the capacity to face the crisis of life and come out a winner. Third promise. Promise number three. Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall walk and not faint. God promises you the ability to live life without passing out. Some of you say, well, what, what is, I don't pass out. I do it every day, day after day. We actually, one of the young ladies, in, and I, she's in her 30s in our district office. Uh, the other day, she's just walking into the restroom, and, and I, apparently her blood sugar went really low and crashed or whatever. She passed out. 
And when she passed out, there was nothing she could do. She fell over. She hit her head, a, a, a gash and big bruise in her, in her eye. Could have been much worse than that. And she's just going through life, and she passed out. I don't know about you, but it seems sort of like an anticlimax to me. I mean, flying in the sky, running without getting tired. Now he just ends up with walking. You know, we just, I can walk a lot further than I can run. My wife's not very competitive. Last night, we were, I was playing ping pong with my friends. And, and uh, man, we were trying to win. And I did. I won. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, I mean, I'm, I was proud of it because they were younger than me. Uh, and, and, and so, I, I'm competitive. I mean, you get me out, whatever, golf, ping pong, whatever it is. I'm going to try to win. My wife, she don't care. Except, how many steps did you get in today? Well, I got in 10,000. Well, I got 12,000. You know, how many steps do you get? She's always asking me, and I say, it's not fair. We can walk together for 40 minutes, and she has more steps. She's got shorter legs than I do, and so it doesn't matter. It's, I want to know, how far did you go? You know, not how many steps you got in. How many of you know that most of life is not spent flying or running, it's spent walking? And yet, it's the day-in, day-out routine of life that sometimes takes a toll. Driving in Austin traffic. <laughs> Going to work every day. Uh, some of you are so grateful that you're working from home because of not having to go through that traffic. You, you've worked hard at finally getting your budget where it needs to be and you take a deep breath and then the transmission goes out of your car. And, and you know, it's just that you plan this long-needed vacation. You've been planning. You're so excited. And then COVID-19 hits. It's the day-in, day-out routine of life. You've heard the phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, that straw didn't break its back. It was this one and that one and this one and that one and that one. And they all added up and added up and added up and added up over time. And then finally that last one was there. But the pressure was already there. The everything had already come in. And then the camel collapses. And that's a great promise. God promises us first the, the soaring strength to rise above life's major challenges. He promises us the supernatural strength to overcome life's crisis. But then He gives us this great promise, the sustaining strength to face life's everyday task. In fact, you know what? It's the walkers who make the best fathers and mothers faithful day in, and day out. It's the walkers that make the great churches that show up Sunday after Sunday that are faithful to the call of God, faithful to their place of service, faithful in their, their, their giving. Now, here's the... I haven't even got to the real point of my message today. But aren't you thankful for these promises? Amen? Amen? Now, here's the deal though. All of these promises are based upon the provision that we wait on Him. And, and so I want to talk about that. We've read it over and over. I've mentioned it over. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, the, the word wait, and I'm going to talk about that word in a moment, but I want you to know this. It's not a passive waiting. It, it's not like Amazon. You know, my, my wife, she, she lo loves Amazon. She, you know, needs some socks. So she just goes in, puts in a deal, and, and, and she hits a button, and... She waits for the socks to arrive in the little container in our mailbox. Or the other day, she ordered a 
coffee table for our, our, our living room. And she hit the button, sent it off. We waited, and it showed up with FedEx at our front door. And so we sometimes think God's like that. You know, we just sort of send up a prayer. God, this is what I want you to do for me. And then we just wait, and it shows up. That's not this word. This is not a passive waiting. This word has, has action contained in it. In fact, I'm going I'm to share a Hebrew word with you today. I'm going to teach you a Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word in this one is kavah. Everybody say kavah. All right, kavah. And, and, and there's three understandings of this word. And I, I, you can look it up in the Theological Dictionary of the Old Testament if you want to check me out. Uh, three different nuances to this Hebrew word. And there they are. One, it means to bind together. Or, or secondly, it means to be intertwined. Third, it means to live with expectation. So when he says, they that wait upon the Lord, those who were reading this in the Hebrew, they understood this is about being bound together with God, being intertwined with Him, and having a, a confident expectation that God will respond. So let's talk about those for a minute. First of all, to be bound together. And when you were first born, you were bound together with your parents because their DNA, their uh, genetic code impacted you. I'm bound together with my, the Headley family. I got the Headley nose. Uh, I have a granddaughter, and one of the things, we hope she doesn't get the Headley nose. Uh, we wanted her to have the nose from her other, uh, her mother's side of the family. And one day we said, oh, no, she's got the, oh, I sh this is out there in the public. I shouldn't say that. Anyway, uh, you know, we got certain genetic, uh, now, I, what I didn't get, I didn't get the headly height. My dad's over six foot. My brother's six foot. My granddaddy's six foot. I got the Horton height from my mother's side. And, and my, my dad, he's 87 years old. He's still got all his hair. You can tell. I didn't get that particular genetic part. of. Uh, I got the other side. I got the Horton side. In fact, one day we were going to a, a, a funeral of my grandmother. I was going to be sharing at the funeral. I walked in the night before in the visitation and my uncle's daughters, my cousins that I hadn't seen in years, they walked into the hall and they stopped. And they looked at me and I thought, what did I do? I said, Roman. They ran, grabbed their mother. There's our daddy 15 years ago. You know, what did they see? They saw that genetic representation that I have that looks just like their dad. Well, guess what? We are all bound together with the same dad. His name is Adam. All the way back to the Garden of Eden. Same mom, Eve. And Adam and Eve started out in a perfect environment, but because they disobeyed God, because they sinned, all of a sudden, as a result, that genetic flaw, that predisposure towards sin, got spread to all of us. And so we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You say, that's not fair. I, maybe it's not. In our mind, you're not. That's the way life works. We, we're connected to. When I fill out a, a medical form, if I'm going to go, they want to know my medical history and they want to know my parents' medical history because they understand that connection. When I was five years old, maybe this will help you to get it. I was sitting in the uh, front seat of my uncle's Ford and, and Wayne was driving, stick shift. My mom was sitting on the side and, and I said, Mom, can I open the door when we get to Granny's house? And, and Mom said, yeah, sure, you can open the door. Well, in my exuberance, I jumped up in her lap. We're 20 minutes away. We're rounding a corner. I grabbed the handle and opened the door. 
And, and unfortunately, as we're rounding the corner, it flew me out of my uncle's truck. I landed in the street. My uncle's truck continued to go. There was a car behind us, and that car streaked to a halt just before that car ran over my head. Now, had that car struck and killed me that day, my son Adam and Nathan were bound up in what happened to me that day. All seven of my grandchildren, they wouldn't be here. They were bound up in what happened to me that day. Would it have been fair? No. But that's the way life is. You and I were bound together with Adam because of that sin, condemnation. The wages of sin is death. But I've got good news. Romans tells us there was a second Adam. And the second Adam that came to earth, he didn't disobey God like the first Adam. The first Adam in a garden, in a perfect place, he, he let his will override God's will. But the second Adam in another garden, the garden of Gethsemane, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the first Adam ended up cursed. The second Adam was allowed himself to be on a tree as if he were cursed because of why? He was taking my curse and your curse on his body on that tree so that even though I had been bound with this first Adam and had the sentence of death upon me and predisposition towards sin, I am now bound together with the second Adam. And as a result of the second Adam, I am righteous. As a result of the second Adam, I have new genes. I have been regenerated. And because of my regeneration, I am a child of God. I am righteous before God. And there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Today, when I wait on God, I am bound together by faith in a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. It also means to be intertwined. And, and the intertwining here has to do with fellowship or has to do with relationships. See, I'm not talking to you about religion today. I'm talking to you about a relationship that, that we can have with God. And I want you to look at this little black piece of yarn and I want you to let it represent your life. And in this world, there are a lot of things that can come against you and I in life, physically, emotionally, financially, mentally. And if we're trying to live life all by ourselves, we can be easily broken. But I want you to let this piece of rope here represent Jesus. The strongest man in this room can't come and break this piece of rope. Because of how much strength it has in itself. To wait upon the Lord is not to hit a button, send an order, and sit back. No. To wait upon the Lord is to become intertwined with Him. And here's the deal. When you're intertwined with Jesus, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you, he can't break you. Because he can't break Jesus. Say, so how, do, how do I intertwine myself with him? Your word have I hid in my heart. Every time I read God's word, I'm intertwining my life with the life of Christ. How do I intertwine myself with him? I intertwine myself with him by, by communing with him in prayer. When Daniel was faced with being tossed into the lion's den, he didn't 
throw up an emergency prayer to a God he hadn't been talking to. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, he had confidence. Why? Because he prayed to God every morning. He prayed to God at noon. He prayed to God at night. Three times a day, he was intertwining. He was waiting on the Lord. So when he got to that place where he could have been destroyed, he couldn't be because he had been shut in with God. And because he had been shut in with God, God shut the mouths of the alliance when he was thrown into the lion's den. How do, we, how do we intertwine ourselves with God? Well, part of the way we do that, remember, Jesus told the disciples, says, look guys, when I go away, you're, you're not going to have the strength that you need. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. As you intertwine yourself with me and I pour out the power of the Holy Spirit upon you, the power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to live life and to overcome the world. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're intertwined, when you wait upon the Lord, you'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. Third, come of that is to live with expectation. In fact, this word is actually in some places in the Old Testament translated hope. I like what Emma Bruner says, what oxygen is for the lungs. Now, we've been reminded during this pandemic of how important oxygen is getting to the lungs. I, in fact, it was three and a half years ago that I ended up in ICU. First time ever I was even in the hospital since I was a kid with uh, getting my tonsils taken out. I was in ICU because my oxygen level had fell, fallen to 60. I was close to death. I could barely breathe. They had to give me breathing treatments, put me on a machine, and and I am so grateful today because I understand how important oxygen is for the lungs. He says, what oxygen is for the lungs, hope is for the meaning of life. One of my favorite uh, books, series is C.S. Lewis. I love him as an author. Uh, just reread Mere Christianity the other day. But uh, I, I also like his uh, books, The Chronicles of Narnia. And if you've ever the Chronicles, if you haven't, you need to read them. It's a it's a, a series of, of fantasy stories. He introduces us to four children who go through their uncle's wardrobe, and uh, when they do, they walk into this uh, amazing place called Narnia. And as they're in Narnia, Lucy, the youngest of them, she meets a uh, Narnia has talking animals. So uh, just so you know that uh, she meets a fawn by the name of Mister Tumnus, and as Mister Tumnus is describing Narnia to Lucy, he tells Lucy this. He says, Lucy, why... And he talks to her about the white witch. He says, why it is she that has got all Narnia under her thumb. It is she that makes Narnia always winter. Always winter. Never Christmas. Think of that. I want you to think of that for a moment. Think of what it would be like if you lived in a place where it was always winter. It was always ice, snow-covered. Never any leaves on the trees. Never any flowers budding in the spring. Never the kind of life and beauty that we love to experience here in the seasons. Sounds pretty dreadful. And it was dreadful. In that context, sometimes people live that way. They live in a world in which it's always 
always winter. As if life is just one cold, snow-covered, ice-covered place. Skies are always cloudy. No Christmas. No New Year celebrations. Everyone needs hope in life. Hope is what gets us out of the bed in morning. It's what keeps us going. When we're trapped in a, a tunnel of misery and hope points to the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, what would, how would we feel if someone told us it's going to always be COVID-19? What is it that's kept us going? There's hope. It's going to end. Vaccine. Whatever the point is, we needed hope to think life is going to change. I'm okay. I'm wearing masks. But I'm looking forward to the day that I'm not wearing a mask. Hallelujah. Hope gives us energy. When we're tempted to give up, hope keeps us going. I like what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, when life hurts and dreams fade, nothing helps like hope. See, without hope, a prisoner of war languishes and dies. Without hope, you talked about the Cowboys. I'll talk about my Mavs. I know it's San Antonio people down here. I, I get that, many of you. At least this guy. Uh, but I'm a Mavs fan. I mean, without hope, after 2006 and that devastating loss in the finals to the Miami Heat that we should have... I won't go into that. Uh, but uh, that it, we wouldn't have come back in 2011 and have Dirk Nowitzki take down the big three of the Miami Heat. You know, there's hope. Hope keeps you going. Hope keeps you playing basketball. Whether you're an artist or an inventor or an entrepreneur or a pastor, everyone needs hope. Hope is not just some nice little frilly option to help us get through another day. Hope is essential to our survival. Church, I want you to know, life is not always winter because we have a God that has overcome the world. And one of the verses that God has given to me during this season, is out of Romans 15. Now may the God of hope. I love that. He's the God of hope. May He fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Notice that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My grandson head in his hands, shaking his head. There's no way he's going to bring that ship to life. Totally beyond his capacity. But his mother, when she saw what was going on, she walked over there said, hey, honey, what's, what's wrong? Mom, I just can't. I can't figure this out. I mean, he's just having a meltdown. That's okay. I'm here. She sat down beside him. Said, we'll do it together. Over the next hour, hour and a half, mom helped him make the connections. Before long, he started to see the ship taking place. And after a period of time, it was done. They that wait upon the Lord, sometimes we got our heads in our hands. We're shaking our head. Life is a little overwhelming for us. We're not exactly sure how the next piece fits. Not exactly sure. We know there's possibility of something good out there but we're not sure how to get there God says cast all your care on me because I care for you if you're here this morning maybe 
You're a little bit like my son Nolan. You've got your head in your hands. You're trying to figure out what comes next. I've lost my job. The career that I planned on doesn't seem to be working out the way I anticipated. A good friend of mine has is, is not survived COVID. There's all kinds of stories right now that I could go in that I can tell you personally. But I want you to know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. First of all, you've got to be bound together. have to have asked Jesus to give you forgiveness so that your connection to the first Adam is broken and your connection to the second Adam has brought you into a place where you are a child of God. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.